Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. March Madness is here. If you find yourself out watching the game, drinking, don't drive. Take an Uber. Call a taxi. Call your friend. Call your parents. Call somebody. I don't know. Don't get behind the wheel. But if you do, and if you get pulled over, and you find yourself in trouble, there's only one name you need to keep in mind. Marcos Garza. Before you say guilty, say Garza. But he doesn't just do DUI defense. He also does personal injury and criminal defense. If you find yourself needing a lawyer, use the people who support us. Marcos has been with the podcast for well over a year now. He might as well be a uh, founding member of the Ranch Gang. Marcos Garza, GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Let's get to the show. Uh, we talk a lot about the Kentucky loss, whether or not we're worried about the team, uh, how many clones of ourselves would it take before we felt comfortable fighting a silverback gorilla. Seth Hughes fills the burn talks about the 2020 election it's a fun episode let's get to it i mean this is the last stand you're listening to the unfiltered well i hate to say i told you so there's nothing to be done besides to get on twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers (laughs) but i told you so hey i told you so the controversial he's a dumbass he can't do math he's an idiot he gets his hair cut at walmart look at that shitty haircut the realest podcast in the southeast let the dogs loose <laughs> let the goons be goons 11 in a row 11 in a row 11 in a row enough <laughs> 38 in a row as in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass ranch gang stand up the holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Wednesday, February 20th. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. I don't know what's been going on in Alabama, Seth Hughes, but it won't quit fucking raining here in Knoxville. It's insane. We've gotten... It's in between three and a half and four inches in the last day and a half. Like, I saw a picture today of the Tennessee-Alabama state line close to my parents' house, and there was a car underwater underneath the bridge. That's the actual state line. There is, like, a car underwater. It has rained and rained, and it's going to keep raining. And I looked at, like, the next like day where we're not supposed to have any rain i think is monday like it, it's it's absurd i'm sick and tired of it i'm sick and tired of it usually i'm not one to complain about the weather because the weather is what it is but i'm at my breaking point i can't take i, I can't take the rain anymore i don't know how there's any rain left well they've gotten a lot from the uh, the ice caps that have melted Oh, is that so? That's what I hear. Mm, interesting. You know more about the weather than me. No, 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 I don't. Usually say I know more about stuff uh, like basketball and football, but I got to say, no, I don't know more about the weather than you. All I know about the weather, I, I checked the forecast and I'm just like, you know, do I need to wear shoes that are waterproof? Because the New Balances, they're multi-purpose, but they don't handle inches and inches of rain very well so i've had to wear other shoes this week 
make sure I take my rain jacket with me to work. I mean, yesterday, rest, yesterday, it was sleeting on my way to work. It was sleeting in North Alabama at 5.45 a.m. Like, and then it proceeded to rain nonstop all day. And it's raining again today. It's going to keep raining. It's going to rain tomorrow and Friday. When is enough enough? Now. Now is enough is enough now. I'm taking a stand against big weather. They must be stopped. Big weather has to be stopped. Enough's enough. It's enough. I'm fed up. You made the trip to Lexington on Saturday. Did you have a good trip? Was it fun? Yeah, it was fun, except the game. Did the game ruin the trip for you? No, no. I had fun uh, with friend of the podcast, Corey Walton. Shout out to Corey, patron. Great guy. Patron, supports my family, and a friend who supports me emotionally and financially. We had a good time. The game sucked. I did not expect to get whipped. At what point did you know we were going to get whipped? Um, when when Harrow hit that three at the beginning of the second half. Yeah, I think that's the point. I think that's the point I knew too. And it came off of a stupid offensive rebound, which was kind of the story, right? I mean, Tennessee just not being able to rebound. I thought that and- was. I thought that was. I think that, like, there were several stories. I think. Number one to me would be Kentucky's offensive rebounding. That would be the top issue that I have. Like, because I felt genuinely good at halftime because we were only down six. Down six after playing pretty shitty, all things considered. And they played pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, we left we left we left Kelton Johnson open an, an awful lot in that first half. Like he had three, three threes, two of them wide open. Two of one those of them wide was open. yeah, one of them was pretty dirty. Three of them had a hand in his face, and he kept hitting them. And I just said, you know, I was like, okay, I was like, whatever. Like him and PJ Washington aren't going to hit every three they make. And like Kelton didn't do anything in the second half. Well, they are going to hit every three they make. I mean, they're not going to take. They're going to hit every three they take. I'm sorry. I knew what you meant. I was just kidding. But I felt like in the first half, for the most part, we answered every time. Like, because I remember telling Corey, I told him this a couple times, I said, we're down five, and it feels like we're down like 10 or 15. And we we just hung around, and when we got that steal, and Lamonte got that layup, and it should have been an and one, I thought. Um, and I think that cut it to four at the time. I was like, okay, we are in this, and this is going to be a dogfight. And then Hagen's got the layup at the end of the half, but we were only down six, and I felt like that was a huge win to only be down six. And they got a two to start the second half, and then Bone had another turnover. Loose ball, kick to Harrow, wide open three, and then we were down 11, and then it was over then, I thought. Like, it was over. 
Even then, I thought whenever Admiral got fouled on in the three down 13 and we went on a 13-0 run in like two minutes and, you know, if he hit all three free throws, it would have cut to 10 points and he hit two of three and we were down 11. I thought, okay, maybe here we go. Then they are, they, they easily work the ball around the perimeter against our zone defense. P.J. Washington gets an easy bucket over Kyle Alexander, who I don't know what the hell's going on with Kyle. And then on our next offensive possession, we tried a two-man game where we tried to get the ball into Pines in the post for some reason, and we turned the ball over, and then the game was over. I told Corey, I said, if I said I thought that I think that there would have been a chance for a really special comeback if he had made that three he got fouled on, and we had gotten a fourteen, we got the four-point play because it would have been down to nine, and then instead it was down to eleven. I just thought like that could have really. It rattled out, too. It was close. It was close, man. It looked good. He thought he hit it when he shot it. What did you think about the zone defense? I think we're going to have to do zone defense to be successful because like, I, I didn't think we had an answer for P.J. Washington. So it seemed like the comeback happened when we went to zone. It was – there was a little bit of a mix. I went back and watched it Monday morning before the radio show to kind of – because, you know, I was drinking on Saturday, so not really focused. So I wanted to make sure I rewatched it Monday morning again. It was a little, you know, there was some zone possessions, but there was also a little bit of a like full court trap that we ran. You know, we we put a little pressure on them full court on a possession before that too. So we were mixing it up. We weren't just doing zone the entire time. I think Barnes was trying to throw different looks on every possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought well, you know, it might not have been zone one hundred percent of the time, but like I felt like the comeback started when we first showed zone. And I thought that too, watching it. And then I, you know, I just went to the possession before and it was, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we picked, we picked up full court and had, had two guys there ready to trap at half court and they got rushed and missed an open jumper. And then we were able to get a run out. Uh, but you know, when we got down 11, we stayed in that zone and that's when PJ Washington just easily got a wide open lay or not a wide open layup, but a layup over Kyle Alexander that kind of ended the, uh, the run and the threat. So I don't know if I would even consider it successful. It worked for like a minute and a half, maybe. Okay. Okay. We just can't. We, we couldn't guard PJ Washington. Like we couldn't, he, we couldn't stop him. Admiral obviously could not stop PJ Washington. Which, like, Admiral is is Admiral even six seven? No, no, I think he's six six. I mean, PJ Washington is what six eight? Like I thought that. That there were times where he's listed at six seven. Okay. I thought there were times where like Admiral was on him well, like PJ could just go up and over him. My issue was my issue, my main issue with the whole thing with PJ Washington outside of Kyle Alexander is that we never made PJ Washington go to his left. That was what was maddening about it. it was just- That's what was making me so mad was that, like, okay, like, after he hits the baby hook with his right hand two or three times in a row, make him go left and shoot that hook shot with his off hand. And if he's still hitting it, then okay, you tip your hat. The dude hit two threes to start out the game. Like, it was his night, whatever. But don't let him don't let him keep doing the same thing over and over. That's what was driving me crazy. And I know Admiral had fouls. And like 
Again, the whole thing boils down to Kyle Alexander, really. I mean, he's had 12 rebounds the last four games, I think. That's not good, Seth. It's not good at all. I don't know what the hell's wrong with Kyle Alexander. I don't, I don't know what's going on. To start SEC play, he was wrecking shop. Now, granted, it was against who? Uh, you know, Missouri and, and Georgia. But he came out, he grabbed 14, 17 rebounds, was scoring double figures. And even against Missouri a couple weeks ago, had a 6.8 rebound, four block game. But since that moment, he's been pretty shitty. And like you said, 12 rebounds, four games. That uh, that ain't going to get it done. At all. Like, uh, you know, getting 6, 8, and 4 out of him right now seems like a miracle. It seems like it'd be an act of Congress. And, I mean, I don't know what's happened. I think that... So, yeah, he's had 12 rebounds in the last four games. He had three rebounds in 19 minutes last night. Against Vanderbilt. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened. I mean, he has to be able... Like, we have to put him on P.J. Washington. Right? I mean... I don't know if he can guard P.J. Washington because P.J. Washington's too athletic for Alexander to stay in front of him outside. And... I mean, there is the whole Reed Travis thing, and Reed Travis busted her ass in the second half. You know, he scored 11 points in the second half. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm inclined to say, like, let Reed Travis get his, but you at all costs have to stop P.J. Washington. Like, at all costs, we have to stop him. We have to make him go left. I think that the fan base as a whole has done an enormous overreaction. Agree. Like, we were 23-1 and one and had not played a bad game all year. Like, our one loss was to a team that was ranked number one at the time who we were clearly better than and should have beat. Nobody talks about the Alabama game last year. The 78-50 to 50 beatdown? Nobody was worried about the Alabama game when we were going into the NCAA tournament. We, we played some really bad games last year. You know, I mean, nobody talked about getting embarrassed at home against Auburn losing, choking away a game at Arkansas, losing at Missouri. No, it's a long season. And that's what, you know, Saturday I wasn't overly surprised with the overreaction because, I mean, it was a big game and, you know, Tennessee should have been up for it. But Kentucky's pretty damn good. That's what I've been saying all week is, like, Kentucky's good. And maybe the most alarming thing coming out of that game for me, Seth, it wasn't that, it wasn't that the offensive rebounding was the issue. Maybe it's just as simple as P.J. Washington and Keldon Johnson are better than Grant and Admiral. That, that, that's what concerns me because Admiral's not playing like a first-team All-SEC player anymore, right? Like, Admiral's not really playing like Tennessee's second-best player anymore. Like, I think Jordan Bones passed him, right? I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, like, Jordan Bones has been yeah, playing better. Yeah, Admiral, like, 
Yeah, I mean, Admiral, I think the South Carolina game was only the second 20-point game he'd had since Memphis. And his first half was shitty. He just caught fire in the second half. I didn't think he played bad against Kentucky on offense. No, I mean, he was aggressive. He was aggressive. I thought he did well taking the ball to the court. I think one thing that we haven't even talked about that was a huge issue Saturday night is that nobody could shoot the basketball. Yeah, and that kind like of like in our first in our first half, I can think of three threes we made. Two were Grants, and one was Pons. <laughs> like the thing that terrifies me right now. Like there's two things. One is Kyle. We've already talked about it. Two is that Bowden is going to go back to being the Bowden he was the first half of the season, the Bowden he was last year, because now we're in four straight halves where Bowden hadn't shot the ball well. And you just don't know with him because, I mean, you just don't know. Like, is he going to bounce back? Like, Lamonte like Lamonte had a bad shooting game. I do not care if Lamonte has a bad shooting game. I want him to keep shooting threes. I want him to keep chucking them up because he does not suffer from a lack of confidence. And the average is going to is going to – like, he's going to even out, like last night when he caught fire. Like, he had a bad shooting game against Kentucky. Okay, who cares? Last year, he hit the three to win the game at Rupp. Like, you know what you're going to get out of him, and if he has a if he has an off night every once in a while, so be it. But Admiral needs to be able to hit threes. Admiral was good against Kentucky in terms of getting to the rim and working the mid-range. But he can't. His threes were off. Yeah, he can't go one for six from three. He cannot go one for six from threes when Bowden's not hitting anything. Like, you know, of of Admiral Bone, Bowden, and Turner, we need two of those guys to be clicking from three, especially on the road against good especially teams. Especially on the road against a good team. Like, I'm not inclined to say that PJ Washington and and Keldon Johnson are better than Grant and Admiral. I think that P.J. Washington right now is the best player in the conference. As of right now, I think he's playing better than anybody else. Well, I mean, if you're going to say that he's better than Grant, or at least playing better than Grant, then I don't think there's any question that Keldon is uh, playing better than Admiral or just as good. I think think in general, everybody's going to take Grant and Admiral over them too. I just don't think that much of Keldon Johnson. I don't think he's that good. Maybe I'm just getting caught up too much on the mock draft projections that have him as a lottery pick. Maybe I'm giving. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm a victim of recency bias, and I'm just thinking about him draining three after three on us in the first half on uh, Saturday. I mean, but he did, did he do anything in the second half? He hit those three threes in the first half, two of which were wide open. No, nah, I mean, he finished, now granted, he I, finished with 19 points. He didn't hit any threes, but he finished with 19 points. And he, I think, he had 13 in the first half. Okay. Now, granted, we couldn't hit an open three Saturday. So, I think that, like, Brent Hubbs wrote an article, wrote a column this morning, and it basically said, like, Grant Williams has to quit being selfish. Like, he had 14 and 11 last night, which is fine, but there's going to come a time where... Wait, he's saying he needs to quit he being is, selfish or he needs to start being selfish? He needs to start being selfish. He needs to start being okay, selfish. Okay, I was going to say, uh, Grant's being too damn passive, okay, because, like, against Kentucky, like, 
He, he made it to halftime with three shots. He didn't take a shot last night in the second half until 10 minutes through. It's time. There's going to come a time, and we haven't hit it yet, but there is going to come a point in this season where he has to just say, I'm going to shoot the ball. I know and I trust the other guys on this team, but I'm going to shoot the ball because I think our best offense is when he gets the ball at the high post and he dribbles down and he either takes a shot with either hand or he kicks it out because they crash down in on him. He is amazing, I think, at finding the open man when they come crashing down on him. Like, he has to take over. He has to be Draymond Green, right? Well, I don't know if Draymond Green is the example I'm looking for and I'm thinking taking over. But, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Maybe maybe college Draymond. Maybe I'm forgetting college Draymond. But he needs to be a facilitator. For sure. I mean, I just mean, I just, I don't mean like, I just mean like, that's who like size wise and stuff, like handling the ball. Like he needs to handle the ball and then clear out. And if they double team, he can find the right guy, but like he has to, he has to take over. He has to shoot the ball. No, I agree with that. He, he needs to be more of a playmaker. And one of the more troubling stats, and you could say this, you know, I, I need to watch more of the, film or the game and not not the film because whenever people say they're watching film whenever they're actually just watching the tv broadcast always drives me crazy i need to pay closer attention on tv when grant has the ball and he's kicking out because a number that jumped out to me seth and it kind of you know goes back to what you're saying is over the last two games grant williams has three assists he needs more well, we weren't hit uh some of that i think is how many would we have had if we had an average shooting night? Oh, yeah, Kentucky? no, for sure. Like I said, I, I want to see how many open shots he's creating that just his teammates let him down. Because, like, I know one last night, the, the three-point that Bowden got fouled on. Uh-huh. Like, that was one that he didn't get an assist on, but he should have. I mean, I felt like we could not hit anything at Kentucky. And, like, it's unfair, but... He's been too good for too long. Like, Admiral Schofield has to shoot the ball well in neutral site games and at road games, and he didn't against Kentucky, and it's okay. Nobody is going to care if we win this Saturday. I was amazed at the meltdown last night. I stayed off Twitter during the game, but, like, it was against an awful team coming off our first loss since the day after Thanksgiving. An, like a 6 p.m. tip, like, I thought we were awesome on defense. I thought, it, it was, I know it was our best, the first half was our best defensive half statistically since the Georgia game. Like, we won by 12 points. Like, just, nobody gets up for that game. Everybody's still feeling a little down from Saturday night. Like, just get the win and move on. Like, I I just, I cannot believe that people are already ready to quit on this group of players, I guess. Like, I saw some tweets, and I'm just like, these guys that we have on this team are tough as hell. And anything that they do should never surprise us because they have been through the ringer for three or four years now. Like, teams 
go through ebbs and flows through the course of the year. We're not going to play our best ball all year. And we didn't play our best ball last Saturday night. It was one game in February. If we win these next two Saturdays, nobody is going to care a lick. Well, do you think we win Saturday? Yes. Are you going to Baton Rouge? No. Oh. That's way too long a drive. It's like 10 hours from here. And how f- it's like double what Lexington Okay, is. I was going to say, how far was Lexington? I figured it would have been at least like seven. I mean, it's a, it's a noon tip, too, oh, yeah. or a 11 central tip. Like, what's up with this noon tip? The last, I mean, we have three big games remaining, and LSU is at noon, Kentucky's at two, and Auburn's at noon, right? Like, I'm happy that the road games are at noon. I mean... I don't think the crowd's going to be particularly up Saturday for an, for an 11 local time tip as opposed to if it was like a, a 7 central tip. I've got the guest room set up for you, Seth Hughes, for next Friday for the Kentucky game. I plan on being there. I've got the guest room set up for you, free lodging. So I can't sleep with you? I mean, we, we Kendall will be in bed and it'll be a whole thing, so I'd rather just you be in the guest room if that's okay. Okay, well, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it off air. Maybe we can put up an air mattress or something in the room if you need to. <laughs> we'll talk about this offline. But, like, I, I just, it was one game, and I just don't think, I think that the players themselves have, and I think Rick Barnes has earned some some faith I feel like they've built they've built up more equity, or they should have built up more equity than what's happened over the last two games for people to be jumping off the board or jumping off shit. Because we like we won last night. By twelve points. And it was never really even close, even when they cut it to four. Like the Farnham always said every time Vandy cuts it to four, Tennessee scores immediately. Like I will say that I got a tad bit nervous when Admiral got the flagrant one, just because at that time I was arguing with people on the internet about how it wasn't a big deal. And I was like, oh god, oh god damn it, now we're about to lose. Yeah. And like that was just a dumb play from Admiral. I don't understand why he's just grabbing that guy by the shoulders and trying to pull him down. Oh, it it was it was boneheaded. Like I just didn't understand that either. It was so stupid. It's not what a senior needs to do. I mean, how many points did he have last night? He ended up with twelve. He hit the three at the end that gave him twelve points. Okay. So who was our leading scorer, Lamonte? Uh, I believe Lamonte, Grant, and Kyle or Lamonte, Grant, Admiral all finished with like twelve or fourteen. I think the leading scorer was Lamonte at 14. Let me double check, though. I think Grant might have 14, too. Okay. Maybe it was 14, 12, and 12, or 14, 14, 12. Okay. No, it was 14, 12, and 12. Grant had 14. Everyone else, uh, Admiral and Lamonte had 12. Okay. So you're not worried just yet. You still think they're going to win against LSU? I think they'll win... This weekend, yes. I mean... If they lose to LSU, will you be worried? Yeah, I think I'll be a little bit. Not in the sense that they're not good, but they're not as good as we thought they were. I think I that's think. fair. Especially if they lose a close game. Like, I'll be like, okay, I'm not panicked. But yeah, maybe this isn't a Final Four team. Maybe this is a team yes. that you should look at as a, you know, let's get to the Elite Eight type of thing. Like we kind of yes. like we kind of thought heading into the year. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. You know... I mean, I expect to win. I don't, like, 
LSU's won some games that they really should not have, and I'm not even talking about Kentucky. I mean, like they could have lost several other games that I mean they they should they ha- they should have more than one loss in the conference. I think we're clearly better than them. I looked at the BPI this morning, like ESPN's BPI has us at like a 57% chance to win or 57 to 60. I mean, it was higher than I thought. Yeah, I mean, and I think we're going to be favored in this game. I think that we we, we get some rest. It was nice to play on a Tuesday night. Um, we get an extra day of rest. Um. I think that we win. I think that we bounce back. I think these guys are really good, and I think that they are deserving of the benefit of the doubt for having one bad game and then going through the motions against a really bad team a couple nights later where they got where they got the win. All right, before we get to some patron questions, patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch if you're down with the movement. Uh, the Ringer just released their their big board for the NBA draft. Grant Williams is at number, you want to guess? 21. Nine. What? Number nine. Wow. Says Williams would have been considered a tweener a decade ago at six foot seven, 236. He would have been an undersized power forward without a clear position in the NBA that isn't an issue anymore. Uh, he has been one of the best players in college basketball, gives his averages, blah, blah, blah. And everything that he is doing should translate immediately to a more positionless NBA game. Think P.J. Tucker with a more well-rounded offensive game. Well, I did not see that coming. Number nine. Whoa. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, me neither. It just, like, literally, I, I just got tagged in it, so I, I had to share it because, well, it's surprising. But shout-out to our two new patrons. Bob Warren. That's this Will, Will Warren's grandpa's down with the movement. Seth, Will Warren. Shout out to Bob. Shout out to Bob, my man. We love you, Bob. And Jonathan Johnson, down with the movement. Shout out to Jonathan. Love you, Jonathan. Pretty funny to me that Will Warren's grandpa is a patron, but hey, he he loves his grandson. He loves his grandson. And so do we. we. And so do we. That's right. Let's get to uh, some patron questions. All right. Let me pull up the right screen. Uh, Mason Howell wants to know what kind of Phillips natural alarm clock you have. Ah, I saw that question. I meant to. You don't know what kind of alarm up. clock you have? There's, well, there's there's several. I have the one that's like $140. It seems expensive for an alarm clock, Seth. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not arguing that with you. I have the Philips wake up light alarm clock with colored sunrise simulation and sunset fading nightlight. So mine does sunset too. Caleb Barnett wants to know what side is Reed's Ranch on in the Alex Jones versus Joe Rogan beef? Alex Jones. Has Alex Jones gone full wrestling? Yeah, I think so. Like, I know that he was always a little bit wrestling, but I saw a clip like last week where he had a guy on that smacked him in the face and it was the most poorly choreographed fight I've ever seen. Yeah. Did you see that video I'm referring to? Yeah. I did. Is that new? Yeah, is that new behavior for him? Is that is is that new? Or? No, I mean he's always no, no. It's not new. I mean he's he's gotten jacked though. His like him taking steroids is new. 
or taking supplements. So what's the steroids? beef with him and Joe Rogan? What's the feud? Because I've seen this festering over the last couple months. I think Rogan threw him under the bus. How so? Uh, I, I, I'm guessing that he said something about him on a later podcast episode. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the the deal is there. Like, I don't really know. I, I don't know for sure the genesis of the, of the disagreement between the two. I mean, the, you know, Alex Jones was on a podcast with him. I guess last year. Yeah, yeah, I remember that when I went and downloaded. That's like one of the only. I'm I'm not a huge Joe Rogan fan. I don't really have any beef with him, but I just I don't listen to the podcast. But I did listen to the Alex Jones one, and they chopped it up, and I think like they were long time friends since like days back in Texas or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and something's happened since then. I'm guessing Rogan threw him under the bus. It could just be all an act. I mean, it could be. Al- Alex Jones doesn't exactly seem like a mentally well human being. No, at, at all times. No, that's fair. At all times, so. You know, who knows? I certainly don't. You see where Bernie, I mean, obviously you saw where Bernie's running for president again. You have any thoughts on that? As someone who is a a, a documented Bernie <laughs> supporter, you feel the burn. Um, I saw that he outpaced Warren Harris. And another, per, and another, I guess Klobuchar, however you say her name, like he absolutely just crushed them in um, donations within 24 hours. I saw that. Where was he at? Like, uh, was it six million? Was it 22 million? What was the number? I, I think it was like it was something like six million. That's what I thought. Okay, okay, so six million. It was in closer 24 to that. Hours, I mean, which, yeah, which really like doesn't surprise me that much. Like, I mean, I just think that I just don't know, like. I actually like a lot of um, like Elizabeth Warren's old policies for like to help the family and stuff. Like her, she's not terrible on economics, like as far as things that are good for the family. But like, how do you like listen? Like, what kind of person gets inspired by Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris? And then you listen to Bernie Sanders. Like, I just, like, Bernie Sanders is probably a communist. And I think that communists should be shot on live television and their family sent to jail. But Bernie Sanders is inspiring. And, like, when I listen to Bernie Sanders talk, like, he actually makes America seem like it is a nation that is capable of being brought together. Like when I see Kamala Harris talk, I'm like, this lady is a cop who like is just going to do what corporate interests want her to do basically. And Elizabeth Warren is just like the new England scold. Did you, did you, did you donate to Bernie? No. You sure? No. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, I did not. But, like, I'm serious. Like, if you just go watch Bernie Sanders, like, campaign speeches and, like, his campaign ads, like, they're inspiring. And, like, Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and and, and Schultz, the Starbucks guy, like, he's probably the worst. None of those guys are inspiring. I, I love that NBA like, fans are just like, uh, this Schultz guy can go to hell. He, he deceived Seattle. 
He lied to Seattle. He can't be trusted. Yeah, like, okay. Schultz is like the classic, I'm fiscally conservative and socially liberal. And those people need to be shot out of a cannon and fired into the sun. Everyone is tired of those people, like, fiscally conservative and socially liberal. Like, no, you suck. And you're annoying. Like, that, that kind of stuff, like, only the 1%, like, only, like, the people that are going to benefit from tax cuts for billionaires get excited about fiscally conservative and socially liberal. Like, you know, it's like, as long as you have a woman head of the CIA, then you're doing great kind of thing, because it's a woman and you're being progressive. Like, it's just stuff like that's so annoying. Like, Schultz is awful. Like, Kamala Harris is just just dreadful. I mean, she's just dreadful. And she's not particularly intelligent. Um, Elizabeth Warren is intelligent, but she's just like that classic New England white mom scold that is not going to let you have a candy bar after school kind of thing. G G man asks, how many clones of yourself do you think it would take to kill a grown male silverback gorilla with no weapons? Five to seven, five to seven, a silverback gorilla, dude. I was thinking more like 30. Oh, five to seven. Seven John Reed, you don't think they could take down a silverback? You thought you could beat a wolf one-on-one. With a knife, with a weapon. Five to seven, Seth Hughes's? How strong are gorillas? I mean, a silverback gorilla. What is your plan here, Seth? What is your plan here to fight this gorilla? I... well, I'll give you seven, seven Seth Hughes's. What's your plan to kill this gorilla? I, I was, I was looking at it of John Reed's. No, no, no. You, you answered it at Seth Hughes's. Oh, it would take more than five of me. I mean, I more mean, than five to me. I'm not some badass. Like, what, what is our strategy here, Seth? I don't know. I thought seven John Reed's could pin a silverback down. I mean, how strong are gorillas? I'm trying to figure out the weight of a silverback. The average gorilla, this just, I mean, I, Google says it has a people also ask, how powerful is a silverback gorilla? And it says the average gorilla is approximately six to 15 times as strong. What the fuck does that mean? That's, that's a pretty wide gap. That's a very big wide gap. A male silverback gorilla weighs 300 to 400 pounds. And I'm imagining he can bench press 1,500 pounds. Is that too much? No, not if it's. I mean, I, no, apparently not. So, I mean, what's um, our strategy here? We're going to try to get around his neck and choke him because that doesn't feel like it's going to work. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking like 30. Maybe, John. I, I don't know. I'm not a zoologist. I'm thinking six. Uh, if my strategy, the only strategy I can think of is have six people per and try to get him by the legs. So six people, each leg. Six people each arm and try to pin him down. 
but I don't think you could pin him down for very long. I think he'd be able to wiggle out. And then if he bites you with his teeth, you're going to be in trouble. If he clubs you in the head, you're going to be in trouble. I don't think 30 people's enough. Especially if he knows he's fighting. Might not be. I mean, what's the plan here? Just to gouge his eyes out? I don't even know how to kill him. You can't beat him with punches, could you? Like brain damage, maybe? If if 10 of you are just punching him in the head? Uh, you could just suffocate him. I feel like, I don't know. Could 30 of us get him down, you think, probably? Yeah, I think 30, I think 30 human beings could get a silverback gorilla down. Maybe I'm overestimating this. I just feel like he'd be wiping people out. with If they had no weapons and they tried to grab him, I just imagine he'd be throwing them all over the place. Jumping around. I assume he can jump really high. Maybe I'm overreacting. Did you see the story about Mike Tyson? Yeah, just now when I... When, I, when, you, Googled, when you Googled Silverback Gorilla? Yeah, Mike Tyson, of course, is the first three uh, mentions where he says he claimed to pay... He tried to pay $10,000 to fight a bully gorilla at the zoo back in 86. I mean, I don't doubt it. He's, he's, he's Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson in 86 was probably, uh, was probably pretty reckless. It was probably like 10 John Reed. I, was imag- I would imagine he'd be walking around thinking he could do anything he set his mind to. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like, I, I've, your answer of 5 to 7 shocks me. Maybe I'm overreacting. I'm curious to see where people stand on this because with no weapons, my number starts at 30 before I would feel comfortable. Like, I, I just, I'm surprised that a knife makes that much big of a difference for you. Like, if you it's a wolf. walked up to a wolf with a knife, that wolf is going to rip your arm off at the shoulder. Yeah, and look, maybe I've been wrong on this one, too. Because I saw a video of a wolf walking, and it was pretty big and scary. Maybe Wolves I, don't play. Maybe I was thinking more of a coyote. I love that this guy's getting all this credit for killing this mountain lion that was like six months old and only 40 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it's cool he killed him with his bare hands, but feels like he's... uh, He's milking it a little he's bit. He's really getting a little too much credit for beating a 40-pound cat up. Yeah, let's cut it back a little bit, bro. You're not that, you're not that hardcore. I think you got a better chance of getting a wolf and banging his head on the ground or snapping his neck. I don't think you could snap a gorilla's neck. I'm not thinking that you could either, but I'm saying like seven John Reeds could could I think why don't why don't we do this like not me and you <laughs> not, not me and you, but why don't we let humans and animals fight like why don't we do it? There's so much money to be made. I mean that's not very civilized, John. I understand that, but I mean we should we should allow it. We should oh, allow, back to call Sam. If we're letting people fight each other, if we're letting UFC fights happen, is it that different? I mean, I know we're kind of making the animals fight, but whatever. Top of the food chain for a reason. Yeah, I mean, apparently silverback gorillas are pretty nonviolent. Oh, well, maybe they're soft. They don't want to fight. Like, they would try to intimidate you before they would fight. Like I said, like, if he knew he was in a fight and that he had to defend himself to the death, it'd be a different story. But I think maybe we could just all surround him and get him. Before he knew he was in a fight, maybe I don't know. I just want to. I must say that I want to see some hand-to-hand combat between animals and humans. That's all I want. Just bring it back. Just get. That's all you want. Just give me a simple man. I'd pay fifty dollars. I'd pay. By the way, how does this zookeeper turn down ten grand to let Mike Tyson box this gorilla? How did he turn that down? 
Probably because it would be like a felony, I'm guessing. For what? Negligence? Like letting a human being? Uh, that's like animal cruelty. I don't think the animal would be in trouble. I think Mike Tyson would have been in trouble. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, but like you said, Mike Tyson puts his puts his mind to something in 1986. There's a good chance it's going to happen. Well, I didn't say it was going to happen. I said that he probably thinks he could do anything. I don't think he was actually going to beat that gorilla up. I'm thinking there's some liability issues here probably too. I'm just imagining this is a guy who was probably making 10 grand for the entire year though. How do you turn down 10 grand cash from Mike Tyson? I don't know. You could have had so you could have had a story for a lifetime. Yeah. TechVol1 asks, when do we shift our attention towards football schedule? Eight wins, he says, in spring practice. Uh, like August the 15th. Yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think I'm with you there, TechVol. Like, when we find out if Aubrey Solomon and, you know, Gibbs are eligible, I might make a note of that. Like, if they get immediate, immediate eligibility. Outside of that, I could not care less. Yeah, August the 15th or so. I need about two weeks before kickoff against I guess it's BYU whoever the first game is against I need about two weeks before then to like memorize the depth chart and like see who's gonna play and such how we looking please let the record show please let the record show that I am no longer on team Garantano he blocked me on Twitter so I'm hoping that I hope Kelly Bryant transfers in from Missouri is there a chance of that I mean there's a I mean I don't know if you saw the story of what Odom was saying from Missouri about how Pruitt's calling all the seniors. Like, I'd imagine he's calling Kelly Bryant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Odom seemed pretty bad. Hey, get over it, dude. It's the SEC. What do you expect? Yeah, what are you going to do? Cry about it? Oh, they're calling my players. Oh. Yeah, like, dude, it's the SEC. You're the big boy this league. Is- Odom, get over yeah. it. Yeah. I hope that I hope they had that lunch and Pruitt looked at him and said, suck my dick, Barry. How's that if sound? If it bothers you that much, Barry, then put it on the table. Yeah. If it bothers you that much, then put it on the table. Either check it or respect it, my friend. Yeah. Like You gonna fight me about it? Oh, no? Then shut the fuck up, Barry. I'm shocked that the guy who was who was mentored by Nick Saban is doing everything in his possible in, in his in his in his power to recruit players. Like I'm shocked. It's at this point that I wish that like Pruitt wouldn't have got his ass beat by Barry Odom. I know. I like know, 50 to 17. Like you can't really talk shit to Odom at that point. Odom's taking shots. No, but in this moment, I think back to John Calipari and that story of him telling that coach and Mick Cronin, I'm me, you're you. This is just the pecking order, basically. <laughs> like I, if I That's want him, brutal. if I want him, I'm going to get him because I'm me and you're you. I don't have to cheat. I don't have to do all this extra stuff. That's pretty brutal. I bet Mick Cronin didn't sleep for like a week. And you already know he's got small man syndrome. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, like, Mick Cronin, that just like, like, Mick Cronin is like the, like, the prototypical hothead Irishman, right? Like, like, he's already mad when he wakes up in the morning. And then he has little man syndrome. And then John Calipari looks him square in the eyes and just tells him that. And like deep down, Mick Cronin knows that there is a ring of truth to it. Yeah. I bet he didn't sleep for a week. Don't really have a comeback for that one. No, you don't have a comeback to that. Like, it's nothing against Mick Cronin. He's a really, really good coach. But he is him and John Calipari is John Calipari. Yeah, like. 
Speaking of John Calipari, Jackie Clowers, love Jackie. He says, if I guarantee you a Final Four, but you get blown out by Kentucky and Thompson Blowing Arena, the SEC tournament and the Final Four game, do you take it? <laughs> so I saw this question, and I didn't realize until just now that he also meant getting hammered by UK in the Final Four. Yeah. So we would go 0-4 against them. With all four of them being blowouts. I don't know if I could take that, John. But you get a Final Four banner. But you get a Final Four. But, like, I don't know if I could stomach. No, we'd be like Mick Cronin in this situation. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. You could it. never talk shit to Kentucky is... fans again. They'd be like, yeah, in your best season ever, we beat you 4 to nothing by an average of 25 points. Because you're you and we're us. That's what they would say to us. That's a really good question. I got to say no. I couldn't take it. I, I, no. I couldn't take it. Either. No. It's an easy no for me. Final four ain't worth that much. If you told, I mean, if you told me that you get beat three times, beat down three times, and you win a national championship, yeah. If you tell me you just get to the final four and then get embarrassed on, in the final four, nope, not doing it. Yep. No. That would be the ultimate trump card forever arguing about Kentucky basketball. Your best season ever, you went 0 4. Yeah, not taking that. No, not happening. Smokey's thoughts. He asked, what would it take for you to maybe get into NASCAR? Nothing for me. Unless I mean, unless I knew a driver. Unless I knew a driver. Like Bubba Wallace comes on Fox Sports Knoxville a lot. He's Trey's cousin. So I kind of root for Bubba Wallace. Like if he got really good, maybe I would pay a little bit of attention, but I don't even know him. You know what I mean? I just know his cousin. So maybe if one of my cousins or somebody I knew, a patron or somebody got really good, somebody from Knoxville, maybe I would pay a little bit of attention. But that's about it. Yeah, I would have to like have been childhood friends with somebody. The Vol Ball asks, if this team doesn't advance past the Sweet 16, what does that say about Tennessee? I don't want to contemplate that right now. He says, do our programs just always underachieve? I mean, I... No, we've played one bad game. I can hear the disgust in your voice right now. Like, it's sickening to think about. We've played one bad game. I'm not going to think about that right now. You're just trying to enjoy your Wednesday night. I'm just trying to enjoy my Wednesday night with my buddy. Like... We've been talking for the last hour and a half. I know the podcast isn't an hour and a half long, but we were working on some special stuff for patrons on how to video stream. We almost got it figured out. Like, me and you have been on the phone since like 4.15. Yeah, you look good. You look good in that Carhartt beanie. Hey, thanks, man. Your hair, by the way, growing out, looks fabulous. Thank you, thank you. You look good. And I hope I get to see you uh, next Friday. Let's blow through a couple more patron questions because we love our patrons. And when they ask questions, we got to get to them. Corey Walton, your buddy. You just went to the game with him. Do you look down on guys that use face wash in the shower? <laughs> no, I do not. I do not. Is this some type of inside used, joke I, between you two? Well, he had like a really good face wash that I used last weekend, so I bought some. But I typically use Clinique face wash in the shower. I don't know what I think about the body wash, the face wash, all that stuff. I just, I don't know how they're marketing the three and one. Like, you get shampoo, conditioner, and body wash all in the same tube. Yeah, I don't use that. Like, I, I use a bar of soap to shower off with, and when it comes to my face, I have some Clinique 
facial wash that I use, and then I have some some toner that I put on afterwards. Just like I have some Nivea for men lotion that I put on after I shave. Like I've never understood how you do all three in one. To me, it's like if you got three, you got zero. It's like two quarterbacks, right? Like if you're running a two quarterback system, if you got two, you got zero. Same rules for body wash, conditioner, and shampoo. Yeah, like I, I don't I don't subscribe to that, but I do use facial wash. Twice a day, I noticed, morning and night, I noticed your, and I keep... I noticed your skin was looking pretty good in the video. And, thank you by the way, and also keep Burt's Beeswax Cleansing Wipes at my desk at work for when I need that, for when I need that middle of the day refreshment. Because you hate being sticky. So I just, they're, you know, I just wipe my face down with them. They're cucumber scented for when you need that middle of the day refreshment, and I feel like I just took a shower. Christian Crumley. Says, Seth, are you a CT or a bananas guy? A what? A CT or a bananas guy. What is that? Are you a CT or a bananas guy? CT? Yeah. What is that? You know, CT. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with bananas. Oh, bad choice. Bad choice. You can't be a bananas guy. Oh, we're not we're not bananas. No, we're not bananas guys. We're CT guys. I'm looking through the replies to this to see if I can. And you could just Google CT or bananas. I'm sure it would bring it up. Okay, asshole. Whoa, whoa! I thought we were friends. Come on, man! Don't say that. CT bananas. CT or bananas. CT or is it like the letter CT? Yeah, letter C, letter T. Is this a MTV thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Which one is which? Well, Bananas is the guy who's been on the challenge forever. He's like made a career out of it. I definitely think... Who's the guy with the beard? Yeah, I definitely think that he really started taking steroids to get good, which there's no drug testing on the challenge, so it makes sense, and he's won a lot of money on the show. But CT's always kind of been the crazy one from Boston, who's kind of mellowed out now and not as good. He's, he's He's a father. He just got married. He's not got it really anymore, but he's still entertaining. But yeah, he's 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 the bad boy turned good. Whereas Banana's just kind of uh kind of a dick. Yeah. So are you a CT or Banana's guy? I think CT seems more like a normal dude. So I'm gonna go with CT. Row right eighty three says, "Are you a lone Lowe's, Home Depot, or Ace?" I've always been a Lowe's. Home Depot. I've always been a Lowe's Home guy. Depot. Home Depot. Lowe's. No doubt. Lowe's. Big time, big time Home Depot guy. All right, well, let's end it there. Uh, anything else you want to say before we go? No, just I love you. I love you. I hope to see you soon. And like I said, we're working on some cool stuff for the patrons with some video stuff. Um, I finally went out and bought a laptop. My life has changed drastically. Yeah, who 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 told you what laptop to buy? That would be uh, Seth Hughes. That's right. That's right. Because that's what that's what you do for your people. So far, so good. Now, I don't know if this microphone sounded echoey because the microphone I bought the other day, uh, not very good. It sounded really, it sounded really echoey. I hope, I uh, hope this one doesn't. I'm sitting in like an open living room right now because we still haven't bought any uh, like furniture for the living room yet. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, sound great to me. Really echoey. You're not echoing at all. Okay, cool. Awesome, fantastic. It was a pleasure as always. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon. Um, 
Subscribe to Patreon if you want Will Warren's game previews for this LSU game. Uh, Will killed it for the Kentucky game with his preview. You'll want to see the LSU one because it's a huge game. It's a huge game. Patreon.com slash Reeds Ranch. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Subscribe on Stitcher, on uh, Google Play. We're on all of them now since we switched over to Anchor. A lot of people have been asking about the SoundCloud. We're no longer putting up episodes on SoundCloud except the private patron episodes, and you'll have to be on Patreon to get those. But otherwise, you won't get us on SoundCloud anymore, but we're on everything else. I tweeted out a link to it from the Reed's Ranch account. Goodbye, Seth. I love you. Have a good Wednesday night. Love you too, buddy. Bye-bye. See ya.